The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Jessica Ho about her wedding at the Wedding Pavilion with a reception at the American Adventure Rotunda in Epcot and fireworks in Italy at Epcot. I thought you guys would be interested to hear about how she chose these locations and how she decided to have a Disney wedding and how everything turned out. So welcome, Jessica. Hi, Carrie. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, I'm honored. I listened to a lot of your podcasts. We've read your book inside and out, and we wouldn't have been able to do it without you. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so let's start at the beginning and find out how you guys decided that you wanted to have a Disney wedding in the first place. I come from a big family of Disney fanatics, and so I've been lucky enough to go to Disney World since I was a little kid. But, you know, we, my husband and I are based in New York City, and we started looking at the venues there. And for what you have to pay in New York and what you get, it was just really overwhelming and not, not the best of options. And so I think that was right around the time we were looking when, like, the Disney fairy tale wedding show started coming out. And I think one day my husband was just like, you know what, like, why don't we just look into it and, and see, see what, what's out there at, at Disney World? And uh, we took a look and the prices were a lot more reasonable than what you get so much more for what you pay for than what you get in New York. And we were like, okay, that, that's it. <laughs> we're doing it. That's awesome. Now, how did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? My side of the family was very excited. Both my mom and my dad's side were all big Disney fans. I had like, you know, one uncle. It was, he's like, you are helping me cross something off my bucket list. <laughs> um, so it was really nice to be supported by my family and, and my friends were excited too. My husband's side, a lot of them, his family and his friends just, they've never been to Disney before, or, you know, they were a little bit reluctant to have to travel for the wedding. But I think they, once they were there, they came around to it. And I think everyone had a good time. That's wonderful. Now, how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? The guest list was tough because I think we wanted to have the wedding in the parks so that, you know, we have our guests traveling to Disney World. So we wanted to make it kind of as much of a Disney World experience as possible. And we also wanted to have an indoor venue because my husband and I just are not lucky people. So we're like, 
we don't want any wet weather contingencies. Let's just make sure we have an indoor venue. So Disney, I think there's a little bit of a limitation in terms of spaces for bigger groups. So we were kind of constrained. And so we invited 163 people and 152 people ended up coming. Wow, that's amazing, especially considering you guys are from New York, did you say? Yeah, yeah. And most of the guest list was from New York. So we were we were really surprised. We thought, you know, we'd have like maybe 125, 100 people coming. And so we were really surprised by the by the response. But I think everyone was like, hey, we're never going to get this kind of invite again. We're definitely coming. <laughs> <laughs> Did you set up a room block for your guests? Yes. You know, we had guests from all different kinds of backgrounds. And, you know, we had some people who were who come to Disney every year and then other people have never been before. And so we had a value moderate and then we had the Yacht Club. So we did Pop Century, Coronado Springs and Yacht Club. And we kind of steered everyone, especially the people who hadn't been to Disney before to go to Coronado Springs because um, a lot of our events started there. We wanted just to make sure that people were arriving on time. Okay, got it. Now, how did you choose your day of the week and time of day? Since people had to travel, we didn't want to disrupt people's schedules or ask them to take off too many days of work if they weren't able to. So we knew that we wanted to get married on a Saturday night. And I had always pictured a fall wedding, which is, you know, for for Epcot, that's the, the food and wine festival time. So when we first called the the sales consultant, she was able to originally we like penciled down a day the first weekend in December, which, you know, I was comfortable wasn't too close to to the holidays, but it was, you know, we kind of stayed on top of her before we actually got the confirmation date. And thankfully we did because she came back a few weeks later and was like, oh, actually a big conference has booked the American Rotunda for the wedding date that you have penciled in. But I was able to pull a few strings and the food and wine festival dates aren't quite set in stone yet. And so there's this weekend in November that we can put you in for. And so I was able to get a Saturday in November, which is actually like I think the last Saturday of food. It ended up being the last Saturday of food and wine festival. Wow, that's amazing. And Italy, too, even, which is really hard to get during food and wine. Yeah, yeah. The salesperson really helped us out there, which is amazing. That's great. Now, how did you choose those as your ceremony and reception venues? Wedding pavilion. That was that was definitely <laughs> definitely the Disney fairy tale wedding show. I mean, it was just it, it was just so beautiful, and just to have the opportunity to get married at in a building like that just looked so amazing to us, and that was something we really wanted. So we were lucky to be able to to get a spot there, and then with America Rotunda, we we wanted our guests to really get that park experience, especially for people who were just coming in for the weekend, like hopping in and out, might not be spending a lot of time at Disney World itself. We kind of wanted to show them a little bit of the Disney magic, get to see the fireworks. And so the combination of that, looking for an indoor venue in case of inclement weather and trying to find a space that'll comfortably fit 150 people, we ended up at the American Rotunda. Okay, interesting. 
So you guys did your first look at the new Grandestino Tower at Coronado Springs, followed by a tea ceremony in the presidential suite and then a pre-reception before the ceremony at Lantana Hall. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So our schedule for the day was a little crazy, but we picked Coronado Springs because, you know, it was like a I thought it was like well-located resort. It was pretty big. And this was before we knew that they were going to have the tower finished in time for our wedding. But they did do that a few months before we got married. And I mean, the, the venue is just beautiful. So what we ended up doing is we did our first look at the tower. And the Disney Fine Arts photographers, they... Like they know what they're doing. So, you know, it's in the middle of like the lobby or like the outside area. But like the photographers are great at like either, you know, kind of shuffling people around so that we could take our photos or like getting the angles right so that people don't show up. We were also really lucky. At first, I wasn't sure if I was going to like this, but it turned out really beautiful. But all the Christmas decorations were up in the, the lobby as well. So there was just a ton of different places within just like the the lobby area to take photos. So it was great. And then what we did, we had like two things, two other things that actually happened at Coronado Springs and the tower. So we actually were fortunate enough to book one of the presidential suites in the tower. And that's where we had a tea ceremony at like four o'clock. The tea ceremony is, it's like a traditional Chinese ceremony basically where like the bride's family and the groom's family the grandparents the parents the aunts and uncles they all kind of take turns giving advice to the bride and groom and you know giving them a little kind of gift and send off we give them a cup of tea and in exchange they give us some some advice and and some gifts so we did that the presidential suite is amazing (laughs) it's ginormous we had like probably 40 or 50 people in there and everyone was really comfortable. And then what we did is for all of our guests and our family, we moved everyone. They have these conference rooms in the tower. That's the the Lantana ballroom. And what I was very concerned about is my family gets hangry very easily. So I wanted to make sure that everyone was well fed. No one would be antsy during the ceremony since our reception wasn't going to start until 8 or 8.30. And so from like 5.30 to 6.30, 6.45, we, we had gathered everyone into the the ballroom area. And we had, it was, it was basically like a cocktail hour, but we did it before the ceremony rather than before the reception. And that that space is also when we first were looking, because we always knew we were going to have kind of this pre-ceremony reception in one of the conference rooms. So we originally were looking at the older conference rooms in Coronado Springs. And then when we found out that the tower was going to be ready, we looked at the Lantana ballroom and it's the, the design is beautiful. It's like a very cozy space, but it could still fit 150 people comfortably. And the catering is actually by a different team. The tower catering is different from the ballrooms in the in the older section of the resort. And so we had some, it was like tapas inspired. And so we had some really great foods that we were able to offer for the pre-ceremony reception. That's neat. And that space has its own little mini kitchen at one end. Did they set the food up down there or how did they do that? 
Yeah. So we served, they actually set up food all through. There's like this little, I guess the way it's set up is there's like the conference room area itself. And then there's this like wide hallway right outside of it, but that's still like private to your event. And so they had food set up along the hallway and they had past orders, but then they had two of the dishes, one of which we got, we had like little scallop dishes and there was like a chef who was just cooking them up in the mini kitchen and serving them. And I had friends just like standing at the table, <laughs> just taking them as they came out. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was a great, that, that place has a really great ambiance. That's awesome. Did you guys add any kind of entertainment to your wedding? We had a roving violinist at the Atlantana Ballroom. I have to be honest, I actually, I know she was walking around, but I didn't really hear her. I don't know if the other guests did, but we did have her there. And then we had Mickey and Minnie at the America Rotunda. And we had a DJ and kind of some additions to our dance floor to kind of deck it out at American Rotunda. Ooh, like what? <laughs> so my husband is definitely a big dance person. I've only just gotten more comfortable dancing in public. But um, he initially actually asked for lasers in American Rotunda. And our wedding planner said, she asked, we made them ask. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she said that they can't do it because in order to have lasers, you need fog or something for the lasers, I guess, to reflect off of. And they're like, we just can't have fog machines in American Rotunda. But she sent us an alternative which it's kind of funny because she's like, she's like, we could do this instead. And she sent us a picture of like a WWE wrestling ring, but it had like four <laughs> CO2 jets like coming down on each corner. <laughs> um, and we're like, okay, that works. <laughs> so we had, we had CO2 jets coming in and some like moving lights. And my husband wanted like a personalized gobo. And we threw in we threw in some extra lights. So mostly just kind of adding to that ambiance. And I will say the CO2 jets are a big hit, especially when it got a little hot on the dance floor. So that was fun. That's interesting. How long did they go for? Yeah, I think they went probably an hour because I do remember they ran out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> people are people are standing there waiting for the blast and it didn't come and they're a little disappointed. <laughs> That's interesting. So it sounds like the ambiance of the dance floor was important. Can you talk a little bit about whether the music was also important? Did you curate a special playlist or give the DJ any special instructions? Yeah, yeah. So the DJ was also very important to us. We're both very much into electronic music. And so we first looked into bringing in an outside DJ, but between the costs, you know, we we're talking to Disney and it's, you know, you not only the, the media guides, but you also have to, you know, plan with Disney in terms of the audio visual setup. And, you know, the Disney planners did make a good point that a lot of times a good DJ isn't necessarily a good wedding DJ because you need someone who can move the, the evening along, not just play great music. Wow. So I, we actually, I was at Animal Kingdom for New Year's Eve before my wedding. And there was this one DJ who was playing like these great like remixes. It was like in the Dino Land party area. And I like got her card, reached out to her, and I told our wedding planner that I wanted to bring her in. And they're like, well, so it's interesting because I was like, oh, she works at Disney. Like this should be no problem. 
And they were like, well, actually, we have a different list. There's plenty of people who play as DJs for Disney, but they aren't the same as our uh, wedding DJ list for the same reason, um, you know, you have a good DJ, but not a good wedding DJ. So they actually had her audition. And once they were satisfied that she would be fine to DJ a wedding, they were like, that's fine. And then, you know, she was kind of considered a, a wedding uh, Disney DJ for that we could work with. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Now, do you have any menu items or cake flavors from your reception? Or you mentioned the scallop thingies at your pre-reception. Anything you could recommend? Yeah, definitely the scallops. That that, that was a fan favorite. I think all pretty much all of the foods at the Lantana Ballroom, that menu was just, it was really great. They had this like they had like a ton of seafood that we had and then also these like vegetable this like eggplant dish I, I can't quite remember but it felt very like authentic tapa style food and those were a big hit also at my rehearsal dinner the night before we had donuts flambe and that was a huge hit too the people were having like three or four donuts after a full full dinner so oh that's great and any cake flavors cake flavors i think Ours was good. I can't say it was particularly memorable. We did like a red velvet and then we did like a, I think it was like a cinnamon and brown sugar or something like that to kind of get the the churro vibe. They sent us a lot of cake with us to go home with. And so I was able to eat it for the next few days after. And it was definitely good, but maybe, <laughs> maybe I just got distracted by all the other food at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So you mentioned you had a rehearsal dinner before the wedding? Yes, yes. So for our family and our wedding party, we thought it'd be nice since because they are family and wedding party, they had no choice but to, to come down to Disney with us. We thought we would do a little something extra special for them. And so we hosted a rehearsal dinner in Animal Kingdom. So we had dinner set up in Tamu Tamu Courtyard and then we surprised them with a ride mix-in over in Pandora. So most people did Flight of Passage, but for the older adults who couldn't ride Flight of Passage, we went on the Navi River journey. Oh, that's great. Did they let you do both or was it one half the group had to go to one and one part of the group went to the other? Yeah, they were really flexible. They asked for like an estimate of how many people would be doing Navi River. And I think I, I was like, well, let's just say 10 for now. And it up, ended up being six and, and it was fine. They had no problem with it. That's wonderful. Were you able to incorporate Rivers of Light at all? I know they don't have a private viewing area for that. Oh, yeah. No, we weren't. But we were really lucky because as we were walking through Pandora, the performers who like play the drums and do the it's there's like a drum performance in in Pandora and they saw a big group coming and I think they were leaving for the night but they decided to kind of put on a little impromptu show which was pretty awesome that's fun yeah so can you give me a timeline of how the wedding day ran Sure. It was a long day, <laughs> um, especially because we had to fit in the tea ceremony before our wedding ceremony. So I think we had, yeah, I had my bridesmaids get ready starting out at like 11. And we had first look photos at one, starting at one. And then our tea ceremony was in the presidential suite, like from four to five. 
four to five, five fifteen, and then we had everyone in the Lantana ballroom for the pre-ceremony reception from like five to six thirty, and then we got since you know I think our biggest stress for this wedding was making sure that we could move everyone in time because ultimately what we wanted to make sure was that we would see the fireworks and that you know people weren't being rushed and we don't want you know transporting 150 people we were a little worried about everything going according to plan. So we, starting at 6.30, we had people moving to the buses and we actually got everyone seated in the wedding pavilion by a little bit after seven because we couldn't enter until seven o'clock. Unfortunately, my sister and I forgot my wedding bouquet at the hotel. So (laughs) my sister had to run back. I was like, do I have to go down with it? And my wedding planner was like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) We'll get you guys out in time. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I think we were, we did, you know, we did tell our officiant that we needed to have, you know, to keep the, the, the ceremony itself to around 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. And then, you know, we got everyone back on the bus and at America Rotunda by eight o'clock. And then what happened was originally we were supposed to have cocktail hour at Italy Isola and the fireworks were supposed to be at nine, but at some point, Disney changed the schedule and pushed the fireworks back to 10 o'clock. And so what we did was we brought everyone into America Rotunda first to have dinner. And, and then once they finished dinner, we brought everyone out about like five minutes before the fireworks started. And then once they came back in after fireworks, there was like a dessert table laid out. We did our little Mickey and Minnie surprise. And then cake was at 1130. And then dance floor was open until 2 a.m. Wow, that's great. One thing I see people worrying about with American Adventure Rotunda is that it is kind of a late night. And you guys, some people just cut it off at midnight, even though it's not a full five-hour reception. Did you find that people wanted to leave before then? Or how did it work for you? Yeah, so we announced to the guests on our wedding website to kind of give them the bus schedule. So we had, because we had so many people, we had three buses. And so we were able to kind of have a bus leave every half hour starting at 12 o'clock. And that's why we just wanted to make sure we got all the big events, like the cake cutting and everything done by 1130. So people would have time to, or 1145. So people would time have time to eat cake and everything. And so I think, I think there was a, a fair amount of people who left by like, maybe like 30% of the people have left by one o'clock, but it was really flexible in terms of, of leaving. So I think that helped because there's definitely different groups of people at our wedding who wanted different, who wanted to do different things. <laughs> so when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? For us, I think the two most important things were food and guest experience. Those were the two things that we really focused on in terms of food, just making sure that there was enough. I just come from families. I think we both do that just like we show our love through food. (laughs) So um, we wanted to make sure that everyone was well fed and that they were going to be, you know, they're going to be satisfied with what they were being served and to have a variety of things. And so that's why I think we put more emphasis on that in terms of serving food at the Lantana ballroom. And then we had a buffet dinner to 
you know, mix it up and give people a lot of different options. And then later at night, we had, because we had the the dessert, we did um, like the Benny's traveling dessert package. And then we had cake. And then at one o'clock, in case people were hungry, since, you know, it'd been an hour or so since they last ate, um, we had Mickey pretzels and the assorted ice cream bars. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to keep people well fed. (laughs) Uh, I guess on a similar line, guest experience in terms of everything else, just making sure everything was seamless. And, you know, it was something to kind of show our guests that we really appreciated that they came down to 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 celebrate with us. So, you know, the the music and, and, you know, bringing in Mickey and Minnie. And, you know, we had like the flat shoes for for girls to change into um so they could stay out on the dance floor longer just just the little things like that okay so then what three aspects were less important where you saved your money or your effort i think the first thing in terms of saving money and effort was floral for sure i mean all of the venues that we had they were already they're well appointed they're beautiful um and they stand on their own so we didn't think that we needed to dress anything up too much in terms of floral. And I was also able to keep my bouquet and the bridesmaids bouquet at a fairly low price. That was like one of the best pieces of advice I've gotten from your book and the Biz Brides group is if you give floral a dollar budget that you're trying to to work around, they will work with you. And, And I really appreciated that. And then the other two things in terms of we spent less energy and money on, we we decided to go with the Disney Fine Arts Photography. You know, we at first we thought about maybe bringing in outside photographers, but the media guide rules and getting them up to speed with the way Disney does things and where they can f- photograph and where they can't, we, we just thought that the fine art photography people had really great work and, and we would we would go with them. And then the I guess the last thing is we decided not to go with the Cinderella's carriage as an exit from the wedding pavilion. Just because you weren't interested or Yeah, I think like the way is especially because we had a a nighttime ceremony and we were trying to get over to America Rotunda, it was explained to us basically that there will be an exit from the wedding pavilion and the guests will see you get into the co- coach, but it'll basically drive into the parking lot next to Franks and it'll sit there until your guests have loaded onto the bus and then you'll you'll make your way over by whatever car you came in to Epcot. So we thought that while the, the coach is beautiful and um, maybe someday for a, a vow renewal, I'll, I'll be able to get it. We thought that would, would be something that we could not do and, and put the money elsewhere. Got it. Okay. So then what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? Mm, so I think my favorite memory was both of my grandmas, I was lucky that both of my grandmothers were able to come. But one of them had dementia. And the other one just is like, this grandma that like, you cannot please like she's not impressed by anything. Oh no! (laughs) Um, So I was very worried about like, I was like, Oh, man, she must be so mad that I'm, I'm making her fly down to Florida. But when Mickey and Minnie came out, the look on both of their faces just made the entire wedding worth it for me. Like, 
the second grandma who can't be pleased, she like personally went up to Mickey and gave him a hug. And I have never <laughs> seen her <laughs> give anyone a hug. So that was the best. <laughs> so did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? You mentioned forgetting your bouquet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, um, that, that worked out um, pretty well. I think the biggest issue we had was scheduling and this is something where I think we didn't realize that the wedding planning team isn't quite as integrated with the park as we thought. And so our BEO for the first few rounds, it had assumed that it was going to be, you know, nine o'clock, 9 p.m. fireworks. And I have this one family friend who she is my like Disney guide. And she was like, oh, did you see the fireworks are at 10 o'clock? Um, are you really excited for that? And I was like, 10 o'clock, what? Um, so it was that, you know, that kind of made us have to flip everything around. And then similarly, like a week before our wedding, we got an email from the wedding planner saying that Animal Kingdom had decided to, I think it was, they decided to close the park an hour earlier than expected. And so... We had to kind of make sure our guests were in Orlando on Friday in time. They were able to be a little bit flexible. So basically the park had already closed and we were still able to go on our, our mix-in. But those were the you know, kind of unexpected things that came up that we had to work with. Interesting. Okay. And was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about and then it turned out not to be? I think scheduling. We were so worried you know like we knew our family sometimes they're not the speediest of people and we had just had such a tight schedule where if things were off by a few minutes then everything would be pushed back and there was a chance that people wouldn't we wouldn't be able to make it to Italy Isola in time for the fireworks or people's meals would be cut short and so like we just had like to the minute agendas that we were sharing with our DJ with our bridal party with our wedding planner but the Disney team really had that down pat like they they got us there on time if not earlier like our wedding planner was like always aware of what time it was so that really really helped we were we were really impressed with that wonderful is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now I don't think so I asked my husband this and I think like the only small point is we got these ice sculptures to be placed at the buffet. And the way he had them designed was, it was like a love sign um, with a Mickey head instead of a heart, but it had these like trays below it that was supposed to hold the seafood platter that was part of our buffet. And the, the team was able to do it right, but when we showed up, the seafood was actually in a bowl next to the, the ice sculpture. Mm. And our wedding planner told us that it turned out because the ice sculptures came from an outside company, Disney just wasn't comfortable putting food on the ice. Mm. And so I think that was just kind of just something that we didn't know about beforehand and might have not designed the ice sculptures that way. But like, that's such a small thing. Every, everything else was amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? Number one is buy Carrie's book. <laughs> <It> <laughs> is. I mean, like, Disney is great, but 
there's just so many things that we wouldn't have known that we could have asked for without it. And it was just such an amazing resource and it gets updated all the time. Yeah, there's no way we could have had what we had without your help. Um, yeah, so I think I think that's pretty much <laughs> my my advice for for all couples who are like looking to get married at, at Disney. And then the the little things like just staying on top of your planner and, and then the magic will happen. <laughs> that's great advice. Well, Jessica, I think you've shared a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in having a wedding at Walt Disney World, especially if they want to incorporate multiple events or include American Adventure Rotunda. And I appreciate your taking the time. Thanks so much. It was great talking with you. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, disneyweddingpodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.